We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Joined by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher, I'm Steve Perhatch. We've got a lot to talk about, guys. Um, I'm really excited. We're coming off a not fun loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, how are you guys doing? Like, you you still optimistic? We're going to Dallas. Like, what's going on? Sarah, how are you doing down in Florida? I'm doing good. I think the loss was definitely tough. It was frustrating was I, the best word I can used to describe it but i know this week we're a little banged up but i'm looking forward to see what happens what adjustments we make and hopefully we come out with a win so i see what's going on in kentucky you know you got some horror movies going on you got some bourbon like what's going all of it all All, the above all good things man yeah all everything you just said i say all good things it's those two really good things um but yeah i'm kind of with sarah it's not it's not three because you're talking to me and sarah Oh yeah, you know that. Yeah, I meant to say that too. I, I also meant to say that. That's the number one. I thought I already said that. Did I already say that? Yeah, I'm with I'm with Sarah. Kind of at a loss. Like it's frustrating, and and part of I think eh, we'll see. Part of the concern is you hate those losses that maybe expose what could be seen as a fatal flaw, and the rushing defense was concerning. Um, but still, offense looked good. So I've, I'm I'm still optimistic. I'm still feeling good about Packers as a whole. It's three and one after four games, man. Feeling great. It's one of those things, you look at Twitter and it's so reactionary now. It's not like there's no long game. There's no looking at like anything. If I would have told the 
the YouTube that the Packers are going to be three and one after the four, first four games. I mean, half of it would have been like, really, you, yeah, really, really. You think they're going to be three and one? I, I mean, it's exciting. Like, it sucks that there's that loss at home to the Eagles, but I mean, this is a great start for this team. Yeah, and I'd actually be interested because we did go when we were doing kind of some of the season preview stuff. One of the things we previewed, we did like, you know, we were taking games of four chunks at a time. And we had, I think, the third quarter of the season. But we talked about so. what we thought was going to happen up to that point. And I think we even talked very quickly about like through the first four games to the first eight games. I'd be very curious to see, I guess I could go back and listen, kind of what we what we thought um, through that time. Because I think we were, I think all of us were like the even optimistically we're three and one. But I feel like it was closer to two and two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm pretty positive I was the only one who said I thought they would lose to the Bears. Um, I definitely I actually, had that I, other one, yeah. I wrote, that, I, I wrote it down as the uh, season preview recap, and I'm going to go. I will do that. I will go and find the, the that episode and go do that for us. So, uh, But we got, a lot of to, we got a lot to talk about because last week I made a comment about how Wisconsin sports had not hmm. been kicked in the nuts recently, uh, and that was really, really cool. And last night, the brewer, the uh, Brewers got kicked in the nuts. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to Brandon Bostic. Brandon freaking Bostic. Don't tweeting. say his name. Don't say that. <laughs> Is it like Voldemort? I can't say no. his name anymore. You know who. Oh. <laughs> he, he who must not be named. <laughs> That's outstanding. But uh, he sent a tweet about Buddy on the Brewers blew the game just like I did. Like, ah, oh, dude, like it, it was 2014 and I'm still in my head. I'm still thinking. Too soon. It's a little too soon, my too friend. Soon. A little too soon. I still can see Jordy right behind him like, what are you doing? I think I was pretty young when that happened. And I think that was one of the first memories as a Packers fan where I was just absolutely furious because I think I was old enough to understand and have the passion to get so angry if something like that happened and I literally just remember standing up because I was so hyped I was like they're gonna get this they're gonna get this they're gonna get this and just seeing that happen and I was so mad there was so much anger in my little body at that time so oh Sarah you sweet sweet summer child so let's see. This was 2014. How old were you? Like 12? No, that was what five years ago. So mm-hmm. I was, I was in high school. You're in, you were 16, and this is the first memory you have of the Packers. No, I'm saying like the first one where I was just really, like, really gutted, stopped. like yeah. absolutely just. So did you not watch the fail Mary? Like. I think I went to sleep because I was I had to go to sleep because I was too young. <laughs> because I remember seeing it on ESPN oh, the next Jesus. day. <laughs> Why'd you talk about this, Steve? Can we just, just cut this off. Can we just be done? Yeah, like, this, I think it's, it's done. She just said she missed the fail Mary because she had to go to bed. I know that's so. I uh, I don't I don't use profanity in public often. The fail Mary, um, the fail Mary that I I made an exception. For the fail Mary, that where was. Where were you? Uh, we were at a bar, so I mean, okay. it's not like it was like a big deal. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, it did not end well for me. Did not end well for I, them. It didn't end well for anybody, I guess. So I was in, I was, I was dri- I was in Chicago at that point, and I was driving home. I had a, a broadcasting school that I was in, and I was driving home, 
and I was listening to Wayne Larravee and and he was saying he's like there's no way he's like there's no way they're calling this a touchdown there's no way they're calling this a touchdown and I'm sitting there because I, I had parked my car I'm sitting right on in front of my apartment I'm like I can't leave I have to figure out what happened and then all of a sudden he just goes they call it a touchdown I don't know what uh, how do they call this a touchdown and I just immediately turned my car off and slammed it on I'm like God damn it. And Sarah was asleep. Sarah was asleep for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like a baby. Because she was one. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. I had just come out of the womb. Yeah. <laughs> Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. She had just, just took her first steps earlier that day. Uh, it was a big day for Sarah. <laughs> watching the fail, you know, watching the first quarter, think the Packers are going to win the game in Seattle. No, no. No. Woken up with the horrible, horrible news. We are going to uh, off to a really good start. Off to a really. I'm sorry, good start Brandon Bostic tweeted that. That's just funny. Like <laughs> I, I had to talk about it. I had to. Like misery loves company, and you know Brandon Bostic. God bless us all. Like I, I, I think I remember tweeting Brandon Bostic after the game. Like try not to get your head down because you know the Packers are going to need you in the future and. You know, they cut him. But... Turns out they did not. They did not. <laughs> they did not need him at all. Uh, but it was just one of those things, like, is after a horrible, horrible thing, like, you don't want those tweets going to those guys. But, um, I mean, they definitely did. But you feel bad for Trent Grisham because he, he had a horrible, you know, just one bad play. It's, and a, there's... Bad, it's a bad bounce. That was a really bad bounce. It was a bad bounce, but still, it's a play that should have been made. Correct. Correct. Um but when Brandon Bostic is backing you up, that's just not a good look. <laughs> it's not great. Not great. Not great. So let's uh, let's transition. We've got some, you know, news, notes, all this kind of stuff. The Packers made a waiver claim today. They have added uh, outside linebacker Tim Williams from the Ravens and subsequently released Evan Bayless. And I'm assuming they're hoping they can get him back to the practice squad because, I mean, I doubt anybody's going to be jumping on Evan Bayless. Outside linebackers, is there anything that you guys are making note of this from Tim Williams? I mean, he's a former third-round pick. Hasn't really panned out that much. I mean, bottom guy for me, right? Yeah, I mean, he was a third-round pick just like a couple years ago. I think it was two um, years ago. Yeah, 2017, I believe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those I, – I, I kind of like it. and We've talked about this, I feel like, with, with just uh, Gutekunst in the past is just this – I'm always looking to improve. Like maybe, uh, maybe Tim Williams. You know, maybe, maybe they felt it wasn't the best situation. Although that seems odd. Maybe they thought he could just they could do something with him. And if not, no big deal. But I mean, you know, third round pick. It's not a it's not a first round pick, but it's also nothing to sneeze at. And came from Alabama, and that's a that's a respected school. So if he hits, he hits. And if not, it doesn't really matter. I like I like this roster turn because I don't uh, Bayless Bayless really wasn't going to be anything. And it's I I. I like I like taking a shot on a guy like this. I don't know if anything's going to become of it, but I like I like the thought behind it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much else to say about it. I don't think he's a top guy, like you were saying, Steve. But I mean, I think he's good enough to be there, to be in practices, and at least competing with some guys and offering some form of competition there. And if that's what they want in the practices, then absolutely, I'm okay with it. And I guess we'll just see. I don't know how much we'll actually see of him but it is what it is yeah that's right i mean this is like we talked about this in the off season of ted would have just kind of let his roster sit 
Goody will take a look at the last four or five spots, and if he feels that he can improve those guys, he's going to do it. Yeah, and I like I like it. I love the fact yeah. that he, that he's going to continually do that. Um, I mean, he's got the pedigree. He's got the he hasn't had the production in the NFL, but I mean, that's a guy that if you're telling me I get Evan Bayless or a third round pick from Alabama, I'm probably going to lean for the guy for the Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, yeah. So. Josh Jones making some news by signing the practice squad for the Cowboys. Uh, how the mighty have fallen, I will say. It's, <laughs> and I won't even say mighty. I say how how Josh Jones has fallen. Like he wanted the release because he felt like he should be a starter in the NFL, and now he's on the practice squad for the Cowboys. Like. They're America's it's team. A, it's a rough, rough fall for him. Um, yeah, America's team, man. I guess. What do you? I mean, what do you think? Like, to me, it's a nothing thing. It's a nothing burger. Like, they're just kind of adding him to a practice squad. They're not going to get any information from him. Like, he couldn't grasp the, the. He couldn't grasp the defense when he was in Green Bay. Like, they're not going to get anything from him. Uh, we just talked about what the Packers are doing with Tim Williams. I mean. Could be the same thing. You got, what was Josh Jones? Second round pick. Uh, second round pick. You got a guy that, that maybe can help you. And maybe you, if you can get a guy like Jones, a second round pick just a couple of years ago to the practice squad. Like I, if that was the Packers doing that, I'd be like, I like the move. Exactly what I said about Tim Williams. Like he's, he's an yeah. intriguing player. He's, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of tools. It's one of those guys. If he hits, he could do very, very good things. You can play that kind of hybrid role. We, we don't know if he's going to hit, but um, I don't know for the Cowboys, for the Cowboys, I don't hate that move. Um, I, I think, the, I think that, again, if there's the Packers, I think that's, that's perfectly fine. I like the idea behind it. I agree. I mean, there's not much to say about it again. I just think it's really ironic. I saw someone tweeted, I can't remember who, but when the news broke, they were like, Josh Jones, you know, is with the Cowboys now just because of course, like, of course that happens. And it, of course it's the, I, I actually, I think I actually pinned that or not pinned, but I think I bookmarked that. I think that was Lily Zhao, if I'm not mistaken. They can... Could be. She's great. Yeah. It was one of the... It was. Former okay. Packers Josh Jones to the Cowboys. Checks date four days before the game. Hmm. Fitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course. He couldn't have done... That couldn't have happened last week or even next week. It had to happen this week. Are we, are, we, are we taking bets on whether or not he's dropped by Tuesday? Oh, he's totally going to be released <laughs> on Monday morning. Totally going to be released on Monday morning. That is absolutely like I will. I will take some bets on that one too. I'm not going to bet on that. No. Yeah, me either. That, that's understandable. Uh, so in transaction mode, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the internet and Twitter, and all of the musings about wide receivers. Because with Devontae Adams being injured, and technically we don't know if he's going to go or not on Sunday, but we all have a feeling, right? Like, yeah. no, nobody thinks he's actually going to play. No way. No. I mean, we saw that the clips that came out from him at practice today. He was barely jogging and kind of looked like he was in pain doing so. And they play in a few days, so I don't, I don't see it happening. I yeah, I, I I don't see it happening at all. I just want to make sure we're all kind of on the same page. So we started talking pre-show. Uh, this is just something I wanted to discuss because there have been like Stefan Diggs has been tweeting random ass emojis about 
who knows what it's about, but every, every time he tweets one, everyone's like, oh, he's going to the Patriots. Oh, he's going to the Packers. Oh, he's going to the – just kind of ridiculous, but um, – well, he didn't practice today for non-injury related reasons. He also walked out of was that he walked out of the uh, uh, the locker room after last week's game in full pads without talking about it to anyone. In my mind, he had like tears running down his cheek, but they didn't. They did not say that specifically. <laughs> a single but, tear was running yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could. We. It's a pretty educated guess that that's exactly. Well, that like the Willis McGahee tweet that or uh, tear that was going like straight up down his. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I mm-hmm. like it. Uh, so that kind of got me thinking, uh, just wanted to talk with you guys a little bit because, you know, everybody's talking AJ green, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Stefan Diggs, like the, the Packers need a second, another wide receiver. So we should trade for somebody immediately. And I just kind of wanted to jump in and we've got two different things. So we wanted to kind of discuss what it would cost to get wide receivers. So we kind of broke down the last, last year's trades um, and what it cost. And then I've got a really fun stat of (laughs) um, in-season trades for wide receivers and how many yards they average after they're (laughs) traded in season. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's not a lot. So let's break some stuff down. Um, The Denver Broncos last year traded – Demarius Thomas to the Texans. They traded a fourth and a seventh. Uh, and they also got Cullen Gaspia, a fullback. So, you know, and a seventh round pick. So, you know, they were really rolling in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demarius Thomas is not with the team anymore. So really, really high quality trade there for them. Detroit traded a third round pick. Uh, actually, uh, Philadelphia traded a third round pick for Golden Tate. Dusty, can you tell me how that went for them? Uh, not great. Not great. Okay. Not great. Not great. I do uh, feel like, I don't look up the numbers. I do feel like he picked it up towards the end of the year, but it's basically half a season of Golden Tate for that. Uh, so not. He was he was fine. He was fine. He was average, a little above average, but. He didn't elevate the offense that, that much. Yeah. For a third round pick, like you said, you said pre-show, they thought that was the one piece that would right. get them Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert, it was not. It was not. Uh, Amari Cooper traded for a first-round pick. I know Dusty has a couple of opinions on that, so we'll leave that to him. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this. I don't want to take too much time on it, but it, it's 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 an odd thing to talk about, the fact that it, it elevated the Cowboys' offense, and I still think it was an overpay. Um, you know, he's, he's I think after this year, he's got to get a contract. You're looking at a team – that is going to pay Dak, likely. Just paid Zeke. You've got these, they're kind of going to be stuck in likely salary cap hell. Um, salary cap hell is kind of a, a, a bit of a misnomer, I feel like, because if teams know how to play it well, uh, you can give these big contracts and space them out and pay them out to where it's not really going to kill you. Russ Ball. Yeah, Russ Ball. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that do that well. Yeah, the Cowboys are not one of them. Um, cause Jerry Jones, like, I want that guy. I'm going to pay him lots of money. And that's not a great way to run a team. Um, so, I mean, they gave up a first form and he did elevate the offense, but now you're gonna have to pay him big, big dollars when you have to pay other people, big dollars. And it's one of those moves that short term, if they win a Super Bowl in the next two years, which I don't think they will, that's a pretty good move. But it also seems like one, you're going to kind of get this, this ebb in the next couple of years and they're going to be bad for like three to four years as a result, partially of, of that move. So it's kind of one of those, I do think it was an overpay likely because I don't think anyone else was going to give that up, but also for the fact that just for the Cowboys themselves, I think it's one of those, 
it elevates them in the short term while pushing them back in the long term. Okay. Uh, fair enough. You took up way more time than I thought, so I we're going to apologize. Some... <laughs> I was messing with you. We're going to do some rapid fire then. So, Josh Gordon for a fifth. Uh, I will skip over some of the guys that don't even matter. Um, we had Corey Coleman for a seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Switzer for Jihad Ward. Tavon Austin for a sixth. Martavis Bryant for a third. <laughs> oh, man. That's my favorite. You know, every once in a while, you just got to applaud the, the Steelers because they got rid of Martavis Bryant. They got rid of Antonio Brown. They picked up four or three picks for that, and those guys aren't even on the team anymore. Yeah, and they're yeah. one and three right now, which is great. <laughs> wow. Pretty awesome. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been traded for a first-round pick like every year of his career. <laughs> uh, Jarvis Landry went for a fourth and a seventh. Ooh, okay. Um, besides that, last like that was kind of all the 2018 ones that that made note. And then I found something that um, kind of makes you not want to trade for a wide receiver in season. <laughs> Uh, so basically, this stat is anytime there is an in-season wide receiver trade since the year 2000, it lists their new team, the season, and the yards per game after the trade. So you would think, you know, if you're getting a wide receiver, like a new wide receiver, especially normally you're going to get a number one. So they're going to be really effective. That is false. Uh, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin going to the Bills, 2017. Yards per game after the trade, 36.2. Percy Harvin to the Jets, 2014, 43.8 yards. Mike Thomas to the Lions in 2012, 3.1 yards. <laughs> uh, here's your leader in the clubhouse, Dion Branch to the Patriots, 2010, was 64.2. Uh, Braylon Edwards had a 45.1. Chancey Stuckey, just because I enjoy saying his name, was <laughs> 18 yards. Uh, the Roy William trades to the Cowboys in 2008, where they gave up first, a third, and a sixth, 19.8 yards. So, as much as everybody is clamoring and telling everybody in the Twitter world that we need a new wide receiver, it may not be the best idea in the world. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Um, however, there are some big names that potentially could be traded because. A.J. Green looked displeased on the Bengals sidelines on Monday Night Football. Emmanuel Sanders is on an 0-4 team. Stephon Diggs is not happy in Minnesota. Like, if you had a chance, what would which guy would you want and what would you give up for him? Dusty, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, if we're just talking sheer talent standpoint, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Diggs, just based on age, what he can do. Uh, Diggs is the Diggs is the answer um, for me, like without a doubt, with zero hesitation. Uh, I give up. What are you gonna give up? I don't know. A second and a fifth, I guess probably. Is what I is what I'm is what I'm hoping for. But well, but the issue, yeah. I mean, he's really really good. Um, I I think he's better than Devontae Adams. I'm a big Diggs guy. Really really like Stephon Diggs. I think I think Stephon Diggs, and then if he's paired with Adams when Adams gets back, I think that's a I think you just give teams fits with that. Now, likely doesn't fit into their salary cap. They're not going to trade him in division. You got a whole bunch of stuff working without it. But if we get rid of all of that stuff, 
Diggs is my answer, and I give him I give up a decent amount for him. After that, like I give up, I don't know, third or a fourth for AJ Green, and then Emmanuel Sanders a fourth or a fifth. Like Emmanuel Sanders in this offense, especially once once I think Emmanuel Sanders would be the pick for me just based on based on how all this is playing out realistically speaking. Like you said, 0-4 team. Uh, I think he slots in really well once Adams gets back. I think he can play that second or third role really, really well. But I also think he can do some of the heavy lifting for a couple of weeks when Adams is out. Like, I think he's he is that good, but also plays a really well complementary piece, especially in this offense. Um, so I think I'd go just based on skill and what I would be willing to give up if they're at their height. It's Diggs, Green, uh, Sanders. But I think if we're talking realistically, uh, Sanders is the number one, absolutely number one. Yeah, I mean, if someone said that you have to make the decision Sarah you're the one that makes the decision based on salary and everything and what's going on I think Sanders would be the safest choice with that but like you said Dusty Diggs is definitely the most skilled and taking everything into account age and just what we've seen him do and pairing him up with Devontae Adams once he comes back I mean that would be insane but is it realistic Uh, I don't really think so so it's kind of tough to say what we would give up because we don't really, I don't really know if that would ever be a feasible option. You're both wrong. Give me AJ green all day. <laughs> AJ green's real good. AJ I'm going to give good. up a first round draft pick and make sure that if I have to give up a second first round draft pick, I'll make it happen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. My gosh. I was like waiting for it. And then he waited a little too long. And I was like, when he's got it. Is someone going to stop him? Someone's got to stop him. Right. <laughs> He can't be the GM of the Packers. That's, that makes no sense. <laughs> here. No, I think I just think that right now that is the that's the best complimentary piece. He he would be the best. Like line him up out on the outside, have Devontae on the other side. Like that's just that's something you can't stop. And if if somehow they're willing to part with him for a third round pick, sign me up. AJ Green MVS on the outside and Devonte like seventy five percent out of the <laughs> slot is would just be preposterous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be all. If they can get him for a third, I'm on. I'd be on board with that. That'd yeah. be incredible. I mean, that's. I think that's where I would draw the line as a GM. I would say, you know what? No. And like, if he had another year on his deal, I mean, he's thirty one right now. But if he had another year on the deal, I'd be like, okay, I can go second round pick for a year and a half. But if it's only half a year, AJ Green, I'm not doing a second round pick. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. To the injury report, the fun stuff. Um, so the Packers have a pretty extensive list of limited, not participating, and partic- full participation. But on the bonus side for the Packers, the Cowboys actually have a fair amount as well. So we'll just kind of break it down for the Wednesday report. Um, Devontae Adams did not participate. Montrevious Adams was limited. Uh, Adrian Damos was a full participant with a bicep injury because apparently his muscles are too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Tony Brown was a DNP. Balaga was limited. Oren Burks was limited. Fackrell was a DNP. Uh, Jimmy Graham was given a veteran's rest day. Kevin King, DNP with a groin. Uh, Kumaro was a full participant, which is... You know, Devontae Adams out. It's good to see. Blake Martinez was limited. Will Redmond was limited. And Jamal Williams did not participate. So, I mean, we had talked last week about how the Packers had avoided injury. It doesn't appear that they are that way anymore. 
However, the Cowboys are kind of in the same but same basket, I guess. I mean, Lael Collins jumped out to me as the biggest one because that was something we hadn't heard. He was a DNP. We knew Tyron Smith was out and most likely out for the game against the Packers. But, I mean, Amari Cooper popped up on the list. Uh, Gallup is still on the list. Um, Demarcus Lawrence popped on the list. Sean Lee, Zach Martin. Like, they're just as beat up as the Packers. But if they don't have their two starting out, like, tackles, that's some big news. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, Collins, I don't know really the state of him. I guess I don't know if he's yeah, exactly if, like that was just kind of the surprise on the list of everything else. Like we knew we knew Smith wasn't going to be there, but all of a sudden their other their right tackle is gone, and you're like, oh, Smith. oh, that's the thing we saw. I mean, Smith for sure is not playing, and once once it yeah. was sure Smith wasn't playing. Yeah. All right, man. Well, there's that's an opening there for the pass rush to start hitting home, and then if if Collins is gone on the other edge, you got the Smiths just licking their chops, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, I mean, we don't really need to dive too deep into that, but we are always tasked, uh, normally on the Thursday show, as long as it's not a game day show, we are looking into the Packers offense versus whoever they play for their defense. So we are kind of breaking down the Packers offense versus the Cowboys defense. So do you guys have a preference, Sarah? I know you got some numbers. You, you, you know, you did some research. We're all very happy with that. So would you like to jump in first as to what you're looking for uh, in that scenario? Yeah, so definitely I think last week we all noticed that the run game for us was non-existent lots (laughs) of the time and that our line struggled a lot, whether that was protecting Aaron Rodgers or even just opening anything up. There was a lot of issues there and Blaga left the game and then, I mean, we've seen Lane Taylor get beat up a few times this year and there's just a lot going on there. So that's kind of something that I'm going to be looking at. I mean, we, Steve, you mentioned that Demarcus Lawrence is banged up a little bit too. So whether or not he makes a big impact or not on the Cowboy side, we'll see. But if Balaga can play, how long is he able to stay in and make an impact? I mean, I worry that he's going to be able to play. And then in the second half, at some point, he's going to be like, I'm done. I can't go anymore and have to come out. Or if he can't play at all, then I think the pass rush for the Cowboys becomes a huge issue. What are we going to do on that line? I think Alex Light can't do it all by himself, as we've seen. And so that could be a huge issue. So with that, I took a look at some numbers. And for the Packers, when they allow pressure on the dropback, they allow pressure on the dropbacks 31.7% of the time, which is 25th in the league. So not great. And the Cowboys, pressure on the dropback, 36.2% of the time, which is third in the league. So that's just something to kind of pay attention to, that that could definitely be a problem spot to look out for. That's going to kind of be what I'm looking out for, and I'm hoping that Balaga can play, and I'm hoping that he can play the whole game, because I think we saw when he left the game, it was very noticeable. Things were starting to get shifty and weird, so not having him in there this game especially would be huge since the Cowboys are so strong in that pass rush. Dusty, I know you. I know you've got some article or something coming out that will focus all about this. So, what do you got for me? Uh, I don't really, unfortunately. What? I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Um, I got numbers and stuff, though. Steve, is that cool? I, I'm blaming Nagler. I'm blaming Andy. I'm blaming. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I guess you, they, you can add a bunch of people to that list, I guess. But some, yeah. this, is some hot, this is some hot garbage that you don't have an article about the Cowboys right now. I'm sorry, man. I'm busy. I got stuff going on, you know. Uh, I'll get to that in the final I'm thoughts. I got, I'm, I'm I got, digging it, man. I got a big weekend coming up that I will talk about in no, a few I, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm just disappointed. Oh, man. How dare you break that mm-hmm. up? How mm-hmm. dare you break that out, Steve? Um, so I've got uh, a, a couple different things. Uh, real quickly, just looking at um, – now the Packers uh, running play action. I thought they're going to be running play action more than they are. I thought Lafleur was going to do that. I feel like he's easing into that. It's been steadily climbing, but on the season they're doing they're running play action like twenty three percent of the time, and they average eight point two yards per play on play action. Uh, they're only averaging six point five on non play action passing, so it is a jump. It's a one point seven yard difference in that. So that's something I'm looking for. Now the Cowboys are actually really good against play action passing, but they've not <laughs> they've not faced anyone. This is what I. This is one of my points. The quarterbacks the Cowboys have faced so far. The defense has looked good. They obviously lost this past week to Teddy Bridgewater, Jason Campbell reincarnated, and the Saints um, <laughs> by putting up 10, 10, 10 points um, and limiting the Saints to twelve with Teddy Bridgewater attempting like a single pass over twenty yards. No, two passes. I'm sorry, one was picked off and one was incomplete. Uh, the cow. The the Cowboys have faced so far Eli Manning, Case Keenum, Josh Rosen, and Teddy Bridgewater. That's not very good. I don't need to tell anyone that. That's not very good. So uh, I think some of these, like especially that play action defense number, I take with a grain of salt. Those linebackers are good. That's what the, gives the Cowboys. Uh, they are good against play action in the middle. Uh, because you get those, you, you you can pull up those linebackers, but they're very good in recovery because they've got that good set of linebackers there. But you can attack them on the edges with that. And I just don't think they face anyone that can do that yet. So uh, the Packers are good in play action or better in play action there without. And the Cowboys are good against play action. But I feel like that's an area that, that the Packers can kind of look at just based on kind of what's happened so far. Um, the other thing I wanted to look at was uh, the run we, all all week. I know I've been thinking about is how are the Packers going to stop the Cowboys' run game? Well, I want to flip that around and see like, okay, well the Packers haven't done good on the run game, but what are the what are the Cowboys doing? Like the Packers have faced some good run defenses. Cowboys only are 14th in the league uh, DVOA against uh, on run defense, and the Packers are 14th in run offense. Um, now, what I want to say that the one area I want to point to through four games. 24% of the Cowboys' runs, uh, of their opponent runs, have attacked the A-gap, have gone right, we'll say, behind the center. And the Cowboys are giving up 5.6 yards per carry in that area. Now, that's an area the Packers haven't really looked to attack too mu- that much. That's like 14% of their attempts so far have come in that area. But it's also their highest rushing zone. They're averaging 4.6 yards per attempt when rushing just directly behind the center, essentially. So if the Packers start looking to push that run game the cowboys are good in certain areas they were the edges but if they're able to just pound the middle which i don't know exactly how they're going to, if they're going to look to do that with jamal williams out but that is an area aaron aaron jones has had success in it's it's less about necessarily the runner and more about the push you can get up the middle especially with Dalton jenkins playing well and Corey lindsley doing fairly well at that and I don't want to mention Billy Turner in the run game, but if they're if they're going to run, I think they can have success if they if they go up the middle. The Cowboys are susceptible there, so that's one of the things that we're looking for. Is the Cowboy or the Packers are going to try to run? We know that. Where are they attacking, and where are they having success? Because I do think they can they'll, they'll have they can have some success in the middle if they want to try to hit that area. And that's why we have Dusty Easley on the show because he the dropped that reason. type that type of knowledge because. <laughs> I would never be able to tell you anything like that. 
Thank, I thank you for saying something nice yeah, about this. Dude, I dude, come on, that. that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> You're able to break down where the Packers should run the ball. Like that, that's just impressive. I that's need what, to hire you. LaFleur <laughs> needs you on his staff, and then you need to move to Green Bay. Is your wife going to be cool with that? Uh, that second part's going to be rough. I think the Ooh. second part will be rough. But uh, you know what? You I'm got gonna... hired by the Packers, and she's going to say no. Oh, my wife loves me. She'd she'd say yes, <laughs> or I'd get an apartment up there. But let's be honest; that it's never going to happen. So I we just won't think about it. We will not think about it. The one thing I want to look at is Devonte Adams, and if he's going to be out, what the hell does the Packers have? That's something I just. I need to see is if he is actually out. This is something we talked about all off season, uh, first couple of weeks of if for unknown reasons, he gets hurt, like what's going to happen. And now we're in that spot. We are in that spot of, are these guys going to be able to deliver? So you're looking at MVS, you're looking at, um, Kumaro is actually healthy. I, I don't know. I still, I still have no feel as to what that guy is, uh, for this Packers team. I want to. I, I feel like he's exactly like Geronimo. I think he's Geronimo also with better hands. His skill set is exactly the same. I'd be fine with replacing. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just he's nothing flashy. He's just gonna hang out of the ball, which is good because Geronimo's had every time he drops the ball, I just think about you, and it pisses <laughs> me off. Just my face floating. Like every time, like there was the screen pass that like he just fell over and it bounced off his hands. And I just said, I'm like, God damn it. Dusty's right. Just why, why is he flung it up, flung it up in the air for no reason. Anyone could tell. I feel like I notice it more now. Like it obviously happened before and I would watch the game and I would see it. But now I feel like when it happens, I'm just like, it's happening. It's happening all the time. Because you pointed it out. It's been such a big thing for me because everyone, like what everyone talks about Geronimo Allison is he's got big hands. He catches everything. And my point was, no, he does not. No, he does not. If you're, if the one skill that people are championing you for, you're not even good at, like that just, that bothers me to no end. So I'm glad you guys are on my team or at least Steve, Sarah, I have a hard time sussing out where you sit in this situation. But. <laughs> no, I said, I, I would see it. And now I get really frustrated really quickly. And then when he does catch something, I'm like oh my god he actually caught it and it's like before i never thought of that i never was like that i honestly would like kind of be defensive about him and then when i really just like i don't know if it's because he said something so i was looking for it more but i was like oh no like this this is not great no you have like you have like clouded my judgment now too because i've rewatched that uh his touchdown catch Mm. from last game and i just keep watching it over and over i'm like I feel like he he ran the wrong route. <laughs> I think I think Jimmy Graham is right behind him, and that's where that ball was supposed to go. And all of a sudden, just Geronimo just popped right in front of him and caught it, which is not a horrible thing. But when you look at it, you're like, if you're running the wrong route, that's not a great thing. Hey, Steve, welcome aboard. Yeah. Welcome I, aboard. <laughs> you have apparently officially turned me over to the uh, Geronimo Allison should not be the number two wide receiver. Good. Well, more, the more the merrier. Let's move on. Score predictions. We all went with the Packers last weekend. We all lost, so that now officially puts us at the Packers record. Everybody is three and one. I mean, I've got the bonus point for having the closest score two weeks ago, but oh, oh my gosh, Steve, that. shut up! No one's paying attention to that. <laughs> shut up, Dusty. 
<laughs> Sarah wrote it on a piece of paper, and then I watched her. Oh, throw it I, away. I don't think she actually wrote it. I really don't think she wrote it. But yeah, I don't think she had a pen in her hand. You're right. Let's hit some score predictions. So, guys, what do you got? Um, they are playing <sighs> at Dallas. What do you got for me, Sarah? Uh, everybody's going to be mad at me, but I don't think that the Packers are going to win this weekend. I think it's on the road. There's a lot going on. I think Devontae Adams, I don't think he's going to play, like I said before, and I think that's going to bring huge issues with the offense. The offense at times has been really out of sync and looked really funky with him. So what do they do now without him? I have no idea, and it's kind of scary. So I have that the Cowboys are going to win 27-21. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout on either side. And I don't think either team is going to have their best performance ever because of the injuries and everything that we talked about before. But I don't see the Packers winning this one, which is a little scary as they're creeping closer to 500, if that were the case. But we'll see what happens. I've gone back back and forth on this a ton, man. Like I've, What was your score, Sarah? 2721. Okay. Yeah, I've gone back and forth this a ton. I kind of went was the majority of the week thinking uh the Cowboys were going to win this. Um the closer I get to it, the closer the more I'm feeling better about the Packers even with Adams out. Uh I feel like I don't know, man, like they're going <laughs> they're going down to Dallas. Uh Rodgers always seems like he has something special in store for Dallas. Devontae Adams or no Devontae Adams, I feel like they're going to be able to to run a little bit. Um, I think the, I think that running game is going to come alive a little bit. Uh, I think Rogers is going to get enough production on the wide receivers. And, uh, and I think we're going to see some, uh, some really nice plays out there. And I think the defense, I mean, especially Steve, as you point out with the tackles, uh, I think we're going to see the defense look better, uh, much better than they did the last week. I do think Zeke's going to be able to find some room to run in the middle um, because uh, just because he is man. But I think uh, Montrevious Adams possibly being back, and uh, I, I think they'll be able to maybe hold that down a little better. Um, so the the closer I get, the better I'm feeling about the Packers. Um, I'm actually going to go – I'll go Packers. I, my thought is if the Packers win, uh, they're going to win because Rodgers is locked in the running game's working. Uh, so if the Packers win, I think they're winning big-ish. So I'm going to go 27-13. Okay. Wow. I am going a little bit higher than that score. Um. I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to run wild on the Packers. Yeah. I don't love it. Uh, even with Montrevious Adams back, like I just don't think he makes that big of a difference. I don't think they're going to turn around their run defense in one week. I just don't think like it, it's, it's been shown all week and week uh, over and over that they, it's not a great run defense right now. Um, so I don't think that's going to help, but, I think Rodgers is going to be able to throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to use Aaron Jones in the screen game quite a bit as opposed to just quick runs. Uh, So I think that's kind of the thought process is get him hopefully 20-ish carry, like carry slash touches. Um, And I'm taking Green Bay Packers 37-34 with Mason Crosby and a last-second field goal. Nice, nice. And I would like the Titanic music playing like during the Fox broadcast. They just pipe that in because they just know. I would think is, so. They just know it's going to happen. Okay. Is this the America's Game of the Week? It is. Got it. Yay! That means I get it on my TV. I don't have to stream it. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? 
I think Aikman is is losing it a little more as the years go on. He seems to make a little less sense. Uh, I've never really had an issue with Buck. Like that team, I don't know. Like that team, I'm fine with. I there's I'm a fine with them as I am with with a lot of other teams. And if you listen to like the B and C teams, yeah, they're 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 Buck and Aikman are still clearly very good. I like I that's an unpopular take. So I, so I like you, them. You'd rather have you'd rather have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman than Chris Mortensen. Okay. Say like uh, give Burkhart and Charles Davis or something, you know, who I think they got last week, and no, just no. No, you're right. I'm just saying you're right. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> there is one of the barstool guys, Big Cat. Um, he's a huge Bears fan, but he's absolutely hilarious on Twitter. And he, people, every time Joe Buck does a game, they will tweet pictures at him where it's like they deform his face and his forehead's like massive even bigger than like it already is and just every sunday i'll be scrolling and i'll see it at one point and it's i don't know why it makes me laugh so hard and so then whenever i like when they pop up like during halftime or if there's a break it's so funny because that's all i can think about and i'm like i can't take you seriously because all i'm thinking about is your head looking like a balloon right now (laughs) it's so funny i think joe buck has a huge man crush on aaron Rodgers, which is Always interesting to listen to because he loves Aaron Rodgers, but they're whatever to me. I think I think they're they're definitely good for Twitter and for entertainment on that side. Here's of here's a question that I just thought about right now: um, Is Buck calling the game because of the ML, so. MLB playoffs? This first round, I don't think goes to Fox. I guess, but he always takes this time of year off because he does uh, baseball, right? Yeah, he usually does the playoffs for baseball. But I can't remember what – I guess maybe the early ones, it's like TBS, TNT or something. So maybe they're not Fox yet. So just just a thought. I had, I had not I'm, looked it up. So. I'm pretty positive I saw that Okay. Fox A-team of Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Aaron, Aaron Andrews will call the Packers-Cowboys game on Sunday in Arlington. And that was from Schneidman. So. Steve, what do you think of Troy Aikman and Joe Buck? Um, I would like to tell everybody in the Twitter universe that uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman don't care about the Packers. They also don't care about the Cowboys. They don't have a waning interest in anybody. They love the fact that they get paid millions of dollars from Fox to call the games. And um, I bet there's Cowboys fans that when they lose the games, say that uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman don't like the Cowboys. As a broadcaster, you don't have that kind of interest. Like, you want to be able to call all those games. Like I, I like them. I think they do a good job. I think uh, I, I do agree with you. I think Troy Aikman is kind of eh. like there's better color commentators out there for sure. Yeah. Um, but they've just been, they've been doing it long enough. And as you said, if you look at their B squad, if you look at their C squad, like you're dropping, like if let's say if you give the Joe, the Joe Buck and the Troy Aikman, 100 score i mean you drop to the b squad you're you're looking at like a 60 like yeah. i feel like they they like it's a big drop so when you get the good guys like i enjoy it um but i have no issue with anybody who's like you know what i don't want to listen to them i want to listen i want to listen to wayne larvey like yeah put the radio on sync it up do that like that's if that's why you want to do it for sure but oh, i I can't stand Booger and Tessator, so I just mute it and listen to music, and I can still follow the game because I watch football. Oh, I just well, do that, and I have zero issues with that. Uh, well, my favorite was last year when Jason Witten was involved in everything. 
Oh, that was just brutal. That was the worst TV ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. I mean, Booger looked good last year because Jason Witten was on the TV. And Booger does not look good anymore. So um, I was just kind of curious. That was, I just was curious what you guys thought of that because I, there's always hate on Joe Buck, and I think he's one of the best broadcasters. Like somebody that can go to multiple sports and – just seamlessly talk about everything. That's an unbelievably talented person, and that's very difficult to do. So he's got, got like something. Got he's got a lot of respect for him. Something he's gotten better at too. Um, that I know he got crit- critiqued for early in his career was just kind of letting the moment breathe and not feeling like he had to take over all the time. You get these big moments now where he'll just kind of he'll sit back for not say a word for two minutes. Like th- those big moments, I feel like he's gotten way better at that as well. Just the feel of the game. So I mean, that was the. Uh... Packers, Bears, Week 17. Rogers, come. Touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. uh, I like Buck. All right, so uh, Dusty and I are both Packers fans. Sarah is a Cowboys fan this week. Good to know. Oh, no. Thank you for doing that, Sarah. Putting words in my mouth that I did not say. (laughs) Dude, you predicted the Cowboys would win, so I'm not not putting any words in your mouth. I'm not going to be screaming at my TV in frustration either, so... (laughs) All right, well, then lead us off. What are your closing thoughts for the week, Sarah? Why don't you go first? You never go first. I don't want to steal your ideas. I, well, I'm I'm the host because I, I, if you do steal my, my ideas, I would like the ability to yell at you again. Come on, tell us about how you're going to go see a movie. We all want to know about <laughs> it. I, yeah, besides... Watching the game on Sunday, I have a fun-filled, I guess you could say, like Halloween-themed weekend this weekend, which is exciting. So not Packers-related, but tomorrow I'm seeing the Joker movie, which I'm very nice. excited about. Um, it looks very good, which I guess is kind of like Halloween-themed. It's kind of creepy and dark and scary, so that fits right in. And then this weekend, I'm going to Disney for their um, Halloween kind of kid friendly extravaganza and then the next day i'm going to halloween horror nights to totally be scared out of my mind which i do every year here in orlando and i love it and it's so much fun and i'm super excited so i'm just gonna have a super october-ish weekend this weekend i guess you could say and then i will cap it off with watching pack the packers on sunday hopefully they win i don't think like i said they will but that doesn't mean that i'm a cowboys fan (laughs) All right, that's fair. Dusty, what you got for me? Uh, yeah, uh, so I've got this weekend, this Saturday, in, in a first for me, I am officiating a wedding. Oh, uh, for Yeah, for a friend of mine. I got uh, I got ordained um, I, through the... <laughs> this is ridiculous how easy it is to get over. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I am an ordained... No. I'm an ordained Dudist priest. It's the church of it's the it's the church of Dudism, which is the based on the Big Lebowski. Uh, it took me all of thirty seconds to do, um, and I am technically Reverend Dustin Evely, a a a, a, a Dudist priest. Uh, it's ridiculous that I can do it, um, but she had had uh, it's it's a, a coworker of mine. I don't know for six years. Uh, I had had. Um, and she had a bunch of officiants pull out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get like emergency ordained just in case everyone falls through. And I was already doing music. I'm DJing the thing. Anyway, uh, 
it turns out everything fell through. Uh, so I will be officiating a wedding, an outdoor wedding, um, that two days ago was supposed to be 78 degrees, and now it's going to be 85 degrees, and I'm not happy about that. Um, oh. So it'll be outside at like 4.30, I think. 4.30 in the afternoon, and it's 85 degrees. Uh, but yeah, I'm really, really hyped. Uh, should be really exciting. I am terrified. We did a run-through today, and it went fine, and I didn't throw up. So all things are good. Bonus. Huzzah. Well, uh, so, good luck. Yeah, sure thank you. I'm hoping it will. I think it will. Um, uh, cool. While while you are DJing, make sure you play "Bye Bye Bye." That will get everybody on the dance floor. There's a there's a list of songs I'm not allowed to play, and that's one of them. No way! You're kidding yeah. me! No. What is wrong with those people? They they like good music. Oh, shut up! My my other one, I guess, is football related. Uh, it's been man, it's all it's weird doing these these Thursday ones when we had a Thursday game because it's been a week now and it's it's different. You know, we had the week one game and you kind of sit with it and it was a win. Uh, and this we we're sitting with it was a loss. So he's just kind of sitting there and stewing about it, which kind of sucks. Um, but that means, in in a fun twist here, uh, my cheesehead article is already up. Uh, that went up on Monday. I kind of started. I broke down the four plays on the one yard line where they passed and kind of the thought process behind those and what went wrong, kind of, kind of how everything broke down. So I did that along with a few other plays. And then I've got another piece hitting on Friday over at Packer report where I'm looking at um, like nerd stuff, man. It's a kind of four variations on the mesh concept that LaFleur has broken out so far this year and kind of what they hope to kind of what they're hoping to do with that and, and kind of talking around some of that stuff. So those are my two pieces for this week. Um, even through a loss, it's been a fun week, man. Um, so yeah, those are my final thoughts. Outstanding. Um, my big final thought is that when the Packers are playing the Detroit Lions on October 14th in Monday Night Football, the rise of the Skywalker mm-hmm. is going to be debuting their trailer. Like, oh man. Like, it combines two of my favorite things in the world of Star Wars and football, and it's going to be outstanding. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. Oh, no. Are you going to complain about how you've never seen Star Wars? I just no, think the prequels I, are better. I'm just going to complain that you always call Dusty and I nerds for talking about Marvel, but That's then you're going to make your closing thought all about Star Wars, which I totally respect, like... I love the Marvel no. movies, but you can't call us nerds if you're going to. Oh, I absolutely can call you nerds. I I can get screenshots of conversations between technically, I'm going to air quote the three of us. <laughs> you and Dusty just go off about fan theories and everything that's happening in the Marvel Universe world. And I have no comment whatsoever. I'm just saying I like watching Star Wars movies. That's all I'm saying. You guys like go way in depth. Like I told you, I liked watching the end game, like the end game movie, but like you guys have all these different things. No, so no, no, you're, you're blocked. Like you're not right. You're completely wrong on this. I mean, he might not be wrong, Sarah, but also like, just because we're nerds doesn't we're not, we're cooler than Steve is. So it's not, Take it with a grain of salt, Sarah. Take it with a grain of salt. I mean, maybe Sarah's cooler than me, but no, Dustin, you're not. Okay, I don't believe you. I mean, that's, that's fine. Fair. You can that's believe fair. you believe what you want to believe. That's fine. I, I have to. I can't believe that you're cooler than me. That's not possible. It's hard. I, I, I feel like that would go against literally everything that he stands for. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I can't. There, honestly, I don't really believe that you're cooler than me, Sarah. But I just said it to uh, make Dustin feel better. <laughs> How that make me feel better? 
I don't know. Feel, I think it made me feel worse. Yeah, I, just, like, <laughs> I was trying to help you out, but no, screw you. Screw you. Thanks, screw thanks Dave. Uh, my final, final, final closing thought is, again, I tweeted this out earlier, but if you have a chance to go get the uh, Oreo cookies that are the um, taste just like Thin Mints, they are Baskin Robbins themed and they are limited edition. I only found them in Michigan, but oh my God, they rival the, the regular Oreo for me. I Like you guys know how serious of a comment that is. They yeah, were, you almost they, kicked me off the podcast for saying that peanut butter was better. And you're completely wrong. Um, but mm. it's the mint chocolate chip Baskin Robbins Oreo cookie. And if you like thin mint cookies, like the, the Girl Scout ones, they taste exactly the same. So, yeah. If you find them, buy them, and then uh, tell me all about it. But those were just probably the most outstanding cookie I've had in a long time. So, um I think that wraps it up. I think us yelling at each other enough for a week. Yeah, I think we should be good, guys. What do you think? <laughs> I think we're good. You think we're good? Okay, cool. Uh, don't worry about following Dusty on Twitter. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Is it true? Do you, how many how many accounts do you have now, Dusty? Is it like seven? I have two, but I'm thinking of closing one of them. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. But tell people about them, please. Uh, my main one is at Dusty Evely. Uh, so it's, you know, random dumb things and also some Packers breakdowns and, and that kind of stuff. And the other one is All 22 Talk. That's uh, the only the NFL film one. Uh, so it's been a while. I've, been, I've been posted over there in a bit. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing with that. But okay. I've got two for now. We've got at Sarah Kelleher 4, which uh, not really. Like, since the UN stuff, I really haven't paid attention. I don't know. Do you have anything good going on or. I mean, you can't really top UN like you're presenting at the UN. It's the same old, same old. Same old You'll same see old. Packer stuff, UCF stuff, and then limitless related stuff as well. So we still all need a link to your presentation. Yes, I was so. actually going to tell you today that I I finally got a video of it this afternoon, Ooh, but the file right. is, is huge, so I'm trying to figure out how mm-hmm. I can like cut it to share it with you guys. I tried to share it with um people in my family today on like a google drive and it said it was going to take five and a half hours to upload so i was like well i'm gonna try to see if there's a different way it can go about. sounds like my latest iphone update <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well uh we will talk to you next week we'll hopefully be talking about a packers victory uh which would put them at four and one but uh we're excited it's gonna be a good time hopefully it should be a fun game to watch uh, america's game of the week in dallas so I love you. Uh, Dusty, I always argue with you, but I'm feeling like after this loss, like we need to to come together because Sarah is is really cheering for the Cowboys, so we need to come together as a unit. Um, That's where we're going. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to leave it. So I want the, the fact that both of you are so perplexed is kind of where i was going for so i'm glad that it happened and uh i think we need to call someone to check on steve we need a wellness yeah. check on steve probably no i'm good i'm seriously i'm, I'm fine all right okay all right man i love you but i hate you what do you want from me that's all i wanted, that's all I, ever wanted. I mean don't worry that's still there the hate is still there every day okay I was, okay as long as we're square that's cool yeah yeah that's good all right we'll leave it at that go <laughs> go pat go
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.